0: So, this podcast is explicitly about Heaven's Gate. Um, obviously, this is the Dark Days Dawning Cult Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Muldehill. I'm a writer of fiction, and uh, I've studied a lot of psychology and psychotherapy in my life. So, basically, um, if you want to contact me, my email is p at com, or author Mulville at gmail.com either way that's how you can get through to me also i have a page on facebook called dark days dawning so just look it up and you'll definitely uh that'll be me and just like it so the heaven's gate is a ufo science fiction christian apocalyptic cult that's a mouthful isn't it um basically in 1997 39 ufo believers They were dressed in Nikes and they had purple shrouds, their hair was shorn, they looked androgynous and um, they were under the direction of their castrated leader and they were preparing to hitch a ride on the Haley Bob Comet. The age range of these people was from 26 to 72. Their last earthly dwelling was a gorgeous looking mansion in South California. Um, and then in the spring of 1997, the Heaven's Gate cult members, they drank libations of vodka. This is not the kind of vodka you want to be drinking. It was late with phenobarbital. Then they placed plastic bags over their heads. I'm just going to quote from a New York Times article written in 1997. It's called One Thing That Is Not A Mystery. It's by Altman. Now, he wrote that the combination of phenobarbital and alcohol that at least some members of a cult apparently took to commit suicide in Rancho Santa Fe, California, is well known to be a lethal mixture. It generally kills painlessly by producing drowsiness, coma, and collapse of the circulatory system. Phenobarbital is a barbiturate drug that doctors have long prescribed for its sedative and anti-seizure properties doctors generally warn patients taking phenobarbital or other barbiturates not to take alcohol, which can increase greatly the barbiturate sedative and depressant effects on brain activity. That's the end of the quote. So after they died in their kind of minds, you could say, uh, obviously they didn't have a minds after they are dead, but in their mindset, after they would die, they'd fly in a spaceship to the Halley Bob Comet. And then from there, they would go to the next level above human, where they would become perfected human beings in heaven. Their idea of heaven was actually a physical place. This was big international news. I can even remember it. How old will I be when that happened? I'd be about 19. And yes, I do remember it. I remember the 90s vividly. Uh, this one sticks out. I I can just imagine the helicopters hovering over the California mansion, the sight of ambulance workers going into and out of the complex. They had stretchers, you know, and they were really hasty. They were moving like mad and then they're going in and they're going out and you're realizing that they're actually literally bringing out the dead. I mean, this must have been really horrific to witness. Plus, don't forget, their bodies would have been in a state of somewhat deterioration that have been smelling very badly due to the heat. So I wouldn't think this was a um a, a pretty sight. In their mentality, they were they were doing the best they were doing the best that our people could do within their system of beliefs. Now, their cult leaders had many names. I actually made a, a mistake on my YouTube. Uh, Podcast version of this because I have to do two recordings, which is really, um, you know, messy I'm going to have to try and change that, but I keep kept on calling, uh, Marshall Applewhite, Mar- Marshall Applegate, which is interesting, um, because I was my subconscious mind was actually, um, creating th- that name based on Gate, which is from Heaven's Gate. So I'm I, that's really nerdy of me, but that's my love of psychoanalysis and I'm almost analyzing myself. Uh, and the slips of the tongue I make, I find them fascinating. Anyway, less about me. The The cult leaders uh, were uh, Marshall Applewhite and Nettles. They were also called Guinea and Pig. Obviously, Marshall Applewhite and Nettles were their legal names, but they had other names like Guinea and Pig and D- T and Bow. Anyway... In their mindset, they were going to achieve the next evolutionary stage above human. I mean, what um, convoluted nonsense this is. But this, we really have to go into their mindset in order to understand where they are coming from. Um, Heaven's Gate members, they saw their, ba- their bodies as just containers. So, you know, I know Christianity fairly well and... Um, you're supposed to treat your body as a temple. They did not treat their body as a container, as is obvious as we go through this. Anyway, they, they just treated their their uh, body as something that they could abuse. And they had no problem getting rid of their container. Now, they wanted to achieve TILA. That's T.E.L.A.H. Dot 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 and I want to tell you that that means the evolutionary level above human. They had all these weird sort of nerdy science fiction terms for what they were uh, creating. And they released a press release um, for their anticipation of that. How morbid can you guess? So I'm going to quote it. By the time you receive this, we'll be gone. Several dozen of us. We came from the level above human in distant space and we have now exited the bodies that we were wearing for our earthly task. We returned to the world from hence we came, task completed. The distant space we refer to is what our religious literature would call the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, end quote. Very haughty message. They're really sure of themselves. And... Um, They believed that they they were superior because they were following guinea and pigs' teachings. And so they were better than the rest of humanity. And of course, we were just a bunch of fools. To transition from being a member of a secular society to forfeiting everything to a cult is clearly laid out in this tragic drama. The group were ideologically oriented around science fiction, aliens and the forthcoming millennial apocalypse. They fully believed this was just around the corner. The viewing public, pre the establishment of concrete facts in this live space, would guess that some of the cult members were probably murdered. At least that's what I was thinking. What I was thinking, I want to be clear on this, I was thinking was looking at this, this is Jonestown, Guyana part 2. Albeit in USA, the Heaven's Gate cult members, however, did not murder anyone; they just killed themselves. Was it a peaceful cult? Look, I want to be clear. I don't think um, I've I've called Applewhite Applegate. So, <laughs> if I if I if I say that, um, so be it. It's I'm human, <laughs> but look, I don't think this was a peaceful cult. And I'm going to give you my reasons, and I'm going to show you that oh yeah, he, he, the Heaven's Gate cult did not do what the Branch Davidian cult did, nor did they do what the apocalyptic solar temple cult did, that French neo Templar sect. But I'm making it clear that just because they didn't sexually offend like the uh, infamous the Children of God, does not mean I believe that the Heaven's Gate was a harmless cult. There's no way in hell. Um, I'd want anyone of my kind near these people. Um, On October 4th and October 5th, 1994, I'm talking about the Solar Temple cult because A, they were apocalyptic, just like Heaven's Gate, and number two, they also destroyed themselves. Um, they, They committed a mass death in Canada and Switzerland. Now, it was a mass suicide, but there's a difference between what the Solar Templars did which is burning themselves to death in hopes of incarnating as gods on the planet in the Sirius system. That's Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S, system. Critically, some of the Solar Temple members were murdered, and nobody was murdered in the Heaven's Gate. And that's evidenced by the presence of bullets that smoldered silently in the Chalet's ruins. I'm going to provide you with a quote from Applegate, his farewell speech. He refused to condemn the violence carried out by the Solar Temple cult and the Branch Davidian cult. But I, that's why I think he was an apple. That Applegate was a dangerous person. But I want to remind you before I quote Hop Applegate that in his New Mexico compound, the group collected weapons and they conducted firearms training in case the FBI or a similar authority attempted to attack them. So that just shows you that he already had violence in his mind. Now, if we assess Applegate's assessment of the Solar Temple and David Koresh, we're going to show you that his mindset was very much so he was a sympathizer of these violent cults. That he was basically a sympathizer of these subversive elements. Because he was also a subversive element. Um, I feel, this is him talking, quote, I feel very disturbed when I hear people condemn them, David Koresh, or condemn the other group, the Solar Temple. Because no matter how far off they might be, I find it very difficult to believe they will not have further opportunity to go into direction of truth if they have sacrificed Willingly, everything of this world, in an attempt to follow a shepherd into the kingdom of God. That's an avocation, in my view, of the violent acts that this group, these groups took. He was what you call a moral anchorite. He was absolutely against sexuality, but he was absolutely no heaven, uh, heaven's angel. <laughs> Mister Heaven's Gate was no heaven's angel. Absolutely not. Um. Applewhite was basically stripping bare the humanity and the personality of the people in his group. And these people, I don't want to call them anything derogatory because they're dead. And because I think that they were just pawns. But these people were just toys for him. Nine members decided to castrate themselves. I'm going towards the end to remind you that comedians had a field day with this and I empathise with that because castration as a male is absolutely disgusting thing to have to happen to a man and the fact that people volunteered to do it is completely mad and it deserves a bit of lampooning and ridiculing, I'm sorry, but it really does. Anyway, Applewhite's idea was that if you want your uh, to advance to a level above human, that you have to get rid of your human vehicles. Um, Sawyer, he's a former member of Heaven's Gate who's still alive, and he regards himself as a failure. He wasn't able to carry through with the mission. He gave in to sensuality. Basically, he was a human being. He was forbidden by the heavens gate cult. It was forbidden by the heavens gates cult to to uh, jerk off or to feel horny or you had to repress all that. Obviously, if you if you're uh, encouraging your uh, male members to castrate themselves, they're not going to feel any sexual desire, are they? And that's what um, he- um, heavens gate was all about. It Was all about abstemious. Um, injunctions to stop a human being from being a human being, uh, stopping from being sociable, stopping from being a sentient person. I'm going to quote his interview, which was published on loudwire.com in December 2020, to reveal how the cult members of Heaven's Gate were indoctrinated about sex. This is him talking... Quote, I remember turning on MTV one time and boy did that inflame me, seeing women dancing around half clad. I was off the wagon, I was occasionally masturbating, I would have a thought, and the thought was so powerful I couldn't hold back. I don't even have desire to ask for help. It was that intense. I didn't recognise that breaking these procedures was leading up to something. I told Doe that I, what I was doing. Doe said you do, you have the potential to become a really good member of the next level. I don't want to throw you away because I wasn't influencing anyone else to get involved with sensuality. I was willing to, ch- to help me. He was willing to help me with it while I stayed in the classroom. But then it didn't change me. I kept on giving in to masturbation. I told Doe I feel like I need to leave the group. He got me a plane ticket and gave me $600. I'm really kind of a pitiful person, really. End quote. He feels guilty about masturbating uh, to beautiful women. And this quotation is not about masturbation, it's about a person having an erection and having desire and uh, wanting to eliminate that uh, desire through normal means such as sex or masturbation and being told, you know, you're not allowed to do that. I'm being told um, by a fellow adult, you know, you're not really supposed to feel human feelings because Marshall Applewhite was dehumanizing his subjects. He was taking their humanity out of them. Um, I remember a comedian talking about Marshall Applewhite and saying that just by looking at him, he hated the sight and, and he hated his guts. That's how I feel about all of the cult members that I've studied so far, but where is that hatred going to get me um, to explicitly state it and to call them all kinds of vulgar names? It means that I'm getting in the way of my journalistic desire to explain what this, these cults are about, and we're not going to um, be educationally enhanced and enlightened if all I'm going to do is uh, uh, spit out a bunch of expletives, um, and spew out my feelings for these horrendously disgusting um, cult members. So I'm going to give you some facts about Marshall Applewhite. Uh, try to buy Cosmic Suicide: The Tragedy and Transcendence of Heaven's Gate. It's written by Rodney Perkins and Forrest Jackson, and the publisher is Pent our Press and that's published in 2016. This will show you a lot about his pre-cult life. I know uh, this quote is long, it's boring, blah, 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 but it'll show you that Marshall Applewhite was an ordinary Joe before he became a complete weirdo. And I think that's important to realize that um, weirdos that are narcissistic psychopaths that takes a, a few years to generate you know and i think i talk about the um, mundanity of evil and that's a great expression which we get from hannah arendt and um that's what i'm seeing is that you know crazy people they start off in very Ordinary circumstances. I'm going to read this quote. I find when I read out long passages, I kind of um, go too fast. That's probably a symptom of my desire to get through the post. but it's also um, knowing that I'm reading some biographical information that's just not that interesting because it's not. It's showing um, Applewhite in a very ordinary. Uh, view which is important because we get only that end picture of him his hair is shorn he looks emaciated and he's castrated in a lot of pain uh, because the castration uh, actually it actually gave it was actually a botched castration that was done in in Tijuana Mexico so basically That's what we're seeing of him. But let me just show you a version of him before he becomes this person who, if you have any brain in your head, you just feel, ugh, hatred for him. So Spur, Texas is a small town located about 50 miles east of Lubbock. I'm quoting this. It was here that Marshall Hirth Applewhite or like how I like to call him Apple Gase, was born in 1932. The son of a Presbyterian minister, he attended Miller High School in Corpus Christi, where he served as president of the National Honor Society and participated in Bible study and the choir. After graduating in 1948, he entered Austin College in Sherman, Texas. He majored in philosophy and earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in 1952. After graduation, Applewhite married Anne Peirce intending to become a minister like his father. Alba White entered Union Theological Seminary of Virginia in 1952. He changed his mind about becoming a minister and only stayed at the seminary for five months. He was drafted into the Army in 1954 and did stints in both Salzburg, Austria, and White Sands, New Mexico. After receiving an honorable discharge in 1956, he decided to pursue a career in music at the University of Colorado, where he matriculated in 1960. End quote. Oh. Cool. I, I don't know how the hell um, someone like Applewhite would last five months in any theological seminary given his highly heretical outlook. And I can't imagine he was keeping his mouth shut. Well, you, you'll understand why I can't imagine that as I go on. Post-graduating, he, he made lots of screw-ups He worked as an instructor, um, obviously, of music. He had a very unhealthy interest in his pupils. Um, Two of the three teaching posts he had, he lost, because he had affairs with his male college students. Now, I think they may have been 17 years of age, but uh, I'm not certain. The third teaching post he lost was because he was outspoken in his interest in the occult whilst working as a conductor at St. Mark's Episcopal Junior Choir. I can't even imagine um, him studying theology in the seminary of Virginia in 1952. Never mind being a conductor in St. Mark's Episcopal Junior Choir and farting around talking about occultism. Not exactly the wisest thing you could ever do if you wanted to keep your job He was skating on tin ice, I think, um, if his idea was to keep secure employment and to earn a steady flow of cash, he was certainly screwing that up. Understandably, he had mental problems. I mean, you don't feel happy if you're doing bad shit like um, having affairs with your students and um, losing your jobs and losing the necessities for life, for making you a responsible human being. When I say that, Marshall Applewhite, I wrote here, it was not like Moses, um, David Berg. That's not a compliment. Um, I know that Moses David Berg, Moses David Berg. He he's the leader of the of the uh, children of God, and and that was a sex cult. Uh, originally, it was just an evangelical cult. And they were abstemious from all kinds of sex outside of marriage. But, of course, David Burr got more and more creepy. And he introduced polyandry, polygamy, and, of course, paedophilia into the cult. Um, The point is that he was the sole leader of this cult. He published the ideologies for COG to follow, like 30 fishing. And um, that was in the Mo letters. What I mean by Marshall Applewhite uh, being different, I don't consider Marshall Applewhite morally superior. I don't think Marshall Applewhite has any morals um, than Moses David Berg. What I consider is that Marshall Applewhite was simply not able to be the sole fuhrer, the sole leader, the sole autocrat, the sole totalitarian of his cult. And I, I, I want to say that very abundantly clear. I think cults and sects are and I'm borrowing um this formulation from my reading of uh The Rape of the Mind by Jules Verst which is published in nineteen fifty six. He's a great psychiatrist. But he he looks a lot at totalitarian regimes. And what I've come to realise that what cults are is in fact totalitarian regimes within democratic uh countries. So you think that everybody is actually free within a country like America or Europe. But then you realise that if you're a member of a cult, you're actually not free. You're under a form of authoritarian regime and that's why it's so difficult to exit or to leave a cult. So I'm saying that he needs a, a colleague and obviously that happened if we if um, we have pseudonyms like T and Do and the two. But who is this second person? I'm This second person would have been Bonnie Lou Nettles and I'm going to quote Wikipedia some of you will be going oh Wikipedia is not a good enough quotation it is I have a mind I have a brain I know if I'm quoting good stuff or bad stuff this was a good article and it's worth quoting a good biography of the lady now the first I'm going to quote half of it. I'm going to to stop because I'm going to analyze what I'm I'm reading. So after becoming, this is a quotation, a registered nurse, Bonnie Lou Nettles married a businessman, Joseph Siegel Nettles, in December 1949, with whom she had four children. The marriage remained mostly stable until 1972. This is where I pause. Think about what I said to you so far. I'm saying that in 1949, she married a dude. And for 23 years, she's a nurse and she's a um, a mother. And, you know, what I'm saying is that I don't think she um, was always into the occult. And I'll tell you why. Um, I think she was either repressing an interest in the occult or that she had a nervous breakdown and all of a sudden she uh, is interested in the occult because... You have to examine what happens after that is that um she comes across as you know ordinary housewives, ordinary woman who you know is a nurse and a mother, and all of a sudden, and it feels like all of a sudden, um, she starts getting interested in the occult because if she always had interest in the occult, her husband would be down with that, that'd cool. But what happens is he starts divorce proceedings in nineteen seventy-two because his wife starts becoming overly interested in the occult. So what you do is, this is enters the two, Applewhite and Nettles, a marriage made in heaven, let me tell you. They had their shared interest in the occult. I'm going to quote this here. At which time, according to New York Times, Nettles began attempting to contact deceased spirits by conducting regular seances and came to believe that a 9th century monk named Brother Francis, frequently spoke with her and gave her instructions. She also visited multiple fortune tellers. She told her that she was soon to meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion, descriptions which were fairly close to Marshall Applewhite's appearance. Nettles also studied astrology, theosophy and the occult. End quote. So, what I'm doing now is I'm seeing that Nettles comes up with her concoction of, I don't want to be condescending, so I'm not going to say what that was, but she's into the ufological, mysticism, occultism, and she cooks it all together with Christianity and obviously with Applewhite's assistance. She believed she was communicating with James Dean and Marilyn Monroe and of course, Abel White absolutely loved her and he regarded her as a higher being in the ladder of the occult. Basically, let's get it straight here. She was into the UFOs, Madame Blavatsky, Miss letters, and comparative religion. That's all gobbledygook to me. But let's just look at Abel White's relationship to Nettles. Abel White sees her as God the Father, and he sees himself as the alien Jesus. So he's saying that she's above me. Quoting from Cosmic Suicide, yeah, because remember, I'm quoting from Cosmic Suicide again, because remember, I believe she was going through a psychotic break. I also believe that Applewhite was going through a psychotic break. And what we have is the creation of a absolutely disgusting cult. In letters written to Walsh, numerous details about the possible extent of Applewhite and Nettles' mental illness can be found Applewhite wrote that when we converse in our minds while thinking, we are really listening to the conversation between the alien spirits. Applewhite seemed to be aware that people believed he and Nettles were literally clo- losing their minds and by social, psychiatric, medical and religious standards. We and you have long since lost our sanity. Well, duh. Applewhite and Nettles would eventually feed off this type of thinking to convince cult members that the outside world was against them and strengthen their commitment to the cult. After the Christian Arts Centre closed in 1973, Applewhite and Nells began developing the message. Uh, they preached over the next two decades, a system that borrowed equally from Judeo-Christianity, the New Age and science fiction. As if those three things were ever meant to be actually mixed together. Anyway, that's the end of the quote. I think you gather that and you have the solidification of the Heaven's Gate ideology. So it's a mixture of theosophy, ufology, and Christianity—basically, heresy, heresy, and Christianity, which was, in, in, in by standard, obviously heretical. The UF, uh, the the Heaven's Gate members, um, they dressed like, you know, science fiction nerds, and obviously they were blown away with it, and that with UFOs, and they wanted to hitch a ride with the hale comet. I mean. How they thought it was possible—it's so sad, and, and that's why, you know, it's sort of imperative to try to keep the comedy, in my opinion, to the minimum. Because you know, thirty-nine people lost their lives. It's—it's it's, it's really sad. Um, but then again, it becomes irresistible. Also, especially if you are a comedian and. You're approaching this from that point of view, which the last podcast on the left is, is so super at doing. And like said, Jay Leno would have had a field day when this stuff was came out. The Christian element of the cult, um, we haven't explored. Because, of, you know, that's because I wrote that, you know. I'm just thinking, that's because you can't call this Christianity. It's it's basically borrowing from here, from there. He believed that Christ was the Christ alien, you know, and Bo and T they call themselves guinea and pig and they felt divinely special and they were convinced that they were God's messengers. What I don't say in, in 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 my in my um paper I've written is that in schizophrenia um you have um a lot of like belief in your own grandiosity and that's tied in with a belief that you could be you're either God or that you're very so much uh, have a key role in the apocalypse. So we, we are looking at that. We are looking at, um, at, at untreated psychosis and um, people who are attracted to this because obviously they had some form of charisma. Would that be right? They thought that Jesus was a phantom alien entity that made his way into human form. They believed they were on a mission from God's and they had a revel and basically it was Applewhite who had a revelation in prison that he and Nettles, Guinea and Pig, were not humans but aliens. You know, that's a delusion, isn't it? That's that's a psychotic delusion. He might have believed it, but it doesn't mean it was right. Um anyway his delusions were enough to to kill people, and you know you could call it suicide. But in my interpretation, if you spend a long time, a long, long time, years and years and years of encouraging people to kill themselves, uh, it's psychological homicide. And by law, that's what I think he did. I think he's guilty of homicide. I'm unless, and you could say that. Um, Could you could you argue that because he was not he was compass non mentis non compass mentis, isn't it? That maybe he doesn't have criminal responsibility. Um, I think he 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 does have responsibility for um, for encouraging all these people to um, chop off their balls. Sorry to be gross, and to to kill themselves. You know that's that's like if anybody else does it. Um, they can be now arrested and charged with manslaughter or some form of um, uh, homicide. The thing is that he killed himself so he couldn't be arrested for that. But it doesn't mean that he's, he doesn't have guilt upon himself. He thinks that uh, they'd be brought up to a spaceship to heaven to experience the next evolution stage above human whilst the world would be destroyed. Very grandiose idea, isn't it? Bow and Peep. The two with their graduated followers would become immortal, androgynous, non-mammalians, with no genitals, who are nonetheless very attractive. What man would want that? I'm going to quote from the video, Planet About To Be Recycled, Your Only Chance To Survive, Leave With Us. White described what these representatives look like. So I'm going to read it to you. I know I'm reading an absolute pile of nonsense. But again, we're going to go into his mentation just to see why things happens to you after you castrate yourself and you go on um, your spaceship to the Haley Bop and you go into heaven. This is what, this is what will happen. When you go into an environment that does not require eating things that you will have to pull off the bone or crack the shells off the nut, then certainly teeth are not needed. A next level body in a non earthly environment also needs no hair that next level body is a creature that looks very attractive has two eyes some remnant of a nose some remnant of ears what you would call remnants even though they function very well as nose as ears they have a voice box but don't really need to use it for they can communicate by thought communicate with their minds and that's an extra Terrestrial, that is the body belonging to a member of the evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It's true. They could seem unattractive to you if you're really into human flesh bodies and see them as beautiful. End quote. Membership. Heaven's Gate membership had strict criteria. Members joined and swiftly left. The minority stayed. As the cult evolved, it became more behaviorally and socially controlling, taking charge of even the most minute part of members' lives. They declare themselves God the Father and Jesus, which I've already told you. They predicted a technological Armageddon. So another difference between the children of God, and I know it's it may not make sense to much people to compare cult with cult, but um, you could you could say another comparison with the children of God or with you know other cults that are into gathering as many members as possible. He was the opposite. Initially, the, the, the Heaven's Gate had 300 members. They pruned it down to 88. And then they declared that the harvest was closed, bow and tea, meaning no one else could join Heaven's Gate. Well, a lot of cults they just want more and more and more members. And, and they're hungry for that. They're hungry for people's money. They're hungry for people's slavery. And they're hungry for people's um, resources. And they're hungry that people won't leave them. So this is the opposite mentality here. Cult members were forbidden to socialise with each other and with the outside world, including their parents. Children were strictly forbidden from joining Heaven's Gate. In September 975, a, a couple in Oregon gave away their material possessions and their children to their friends just to join the Heaven's Gate cult. So I'm speaking as a parent and saying as a parent that I absolutely hate um, the cult leader um, Applewhite, With all my guts, Uh, I hate the guts of him um, because uh, what he's doing by denying uh, uh, members uh, the right to speak to their parents is really, really horrible. And this precludes all the other stuff he's about to do. No doubt members of Children's Gate were escaping from lives of poverty, financial disaster, trauma and increasing health-related problems. So basically, doesn't that make sense? They're basically having a disgusting crap life on the outside. So why not join a cult and let the cult become their decision-making because their decision-making has been so bad. So let Applewhite and uh, his crazy other half think for you and stop thinking for yourself. Um, it's tragic because don't forget that the people that suicided, those people that suicided... They, they're bound to have loved ones that are still mourning for them even to this day. Even so, that's why I, I don't like comedy. Um, I, I, because although there's an Irish um, poet and he was called Patrick Kavanagh and he said that that all tragedy is just underdeveloped comedy. I, I can accept that, but I also can accept the stone. That heavy weight that must be upon the parents and the loved ones of the people who died in this uh, horrific event. Heaven's Gate members believe their knowledge held exclusively to salvation. Look, that's what cults believe. They believe that they have that esoterical knowledge, that exclusive knowledge that makes them different than the out-group. That's why they have to stay in the in-group because the out-group is so evil and that's why they ha- they they call the world luciferian system you know and that you know the more you know, you, you say that they, they said that planet earth is basically um a hell or a purgatory and that temptation is bringing bringing people closer to hell so if you basically demonize the outside world what are you going to do you're going to stay in your cult and you're going to stay away from this evil world and you're going to Engage in the abstemious approach, which T and Bo uh, would have indoctrinated their cult members into doing, which means no sex, you know, no drugs, no no decent food, because if you have decent food and your your body is strong, um, you might have sexual desire. And by the way, they weren't really into physical uh, exercise they were they were uh, not into that at all they were they they sat down they did very sedentary lifestyles lots of meditation they were against material possessions well i say that basically of course you 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 as a cult member shouldn't have any material possessions just give that to the cult um because that's how they ended up buying a mansion isn't it they were not allowed to drink alcohol no outside world contact no socializing with fellow cult members um They were only allowed at the end of their stay on earth with the the orders of Abba White to only read the Bible. Now, they weren't reading the Bible um, for their their spiritual benefit. First of all, they were brainwashed. So if you're brainwashed, your interpretation of the Bible um, is not... From just simply reading the bible it's it's they were told to read the bible with the view to looking at the bible to see how it conforms to the teachings of the two and that's the only reason and why they read the bible it's conclusion time and um this is the bit i struggled with when i was writing my paper uh for the podcast because i don't know exactly what we conclude from this cult More than 39 people killed themselves. And that includes Marshall Applewhite, um, who I have no sympathy for. Um, Their bodies were found rotting in the heat. Could you imagine the smell of that? Why would a bunch of people buy into the crap that spewed out of Applewhite and Ethel's mouth? I I, I often wonder uh, why cult leaders are allowed to exist and... um, why these cults are even legal but you know that's something i need to explore in a a different podcast um that could take me ages to get to the bottom of that uh people say oh it's all to do with religious freedom but um do we consider ourselves free if we allow uh mind controlling totalitarian cults and sects to exist do you consider that freedom um is there any lesson for this? Well, duh. Like, I mean, like I said, oh, this shows you how dangerous cults are. Look, that's a, a lazy writing on my behalf. Um, I don't know any cult that was safe. Do you? Now, I wrote that cults certainly who hoover vulnerable people into a malistic vacuum, and that genuinely is terrifying. Look, this is why we need to be able to tell people... To Fuck off um, somebody should have told Apple White to fuck himself and punch him in the jaw am I advocating violence i 'm advocating violence to i 'm advocating self defense you, you're entitled to defend yourself against a person that 's going to destroy your life, which is what Apple White did, and the cult members are like sheep obedient sheep that lost that ability to defend themselves, that lost that that ability, which is perfectly moral and perfectly legal to defend yourself against a person that's going to destroy you or destroy others. The other thing that um, we need to make clear is that if you are now in a group and they are telling you to hurt other people or to hurt yourselves, leave, get the hell out, don't stay there. The, the, the community of American comedians, uh, they lampooned the Heaven's Gate suicide. Now, at first, I was very moralistic about that. Oh, they shouldn't do it. Now, I think they should. What this mass suicide was is basically sickening, and it was a stupid thing, and it was a farcical, and their beliefs were farcical. And it's alarming that it happens. We need to um, make sure there's no copycats, and maybe there has been. I think it's good that uh, comedians show how ridiculous they they were and how unnatural it is to castrate yourself to form a self-mutilation and of course I had a field day um, at this because you know it's it's bizarre and um, it's a horrible example of self-mutilation castrating yourself Um I know I might be sounding repetitive but you know what repetition is good for you too because it has to get into your minds uh how abnormal this is and you know not just releasing um podcasts that are simply explaining events and you know not kind of trying to get at the core of the issue which is that this represents a degradation and a depersonalization of the human soul and the human spirit and um It stops them from being able to be oppositional to wrongdoing as I said before I'll say it again you are entitled to defend yourself against a person who's going to hurt you and kill you and that's what Apple White was doing he was hurting people he was taking away them away from their families and he was teaching them to destroy their bodies and to kill themselves that to me is not a human being that is an evil person who uh, is a killer. Um, And that's it. Anyway, um, I actually found myself laughing when I read about the castrations that uh, went on here. I got asthma and nearly (laughs) choked me with laughter. I didn't mean to laugh, but it it made me laugh. Um, I told you that... They couldn't find anybody in America to castrate them. So they had to go to Mexico. They had to go to Tijuana and Marshall Applewhite. He um, basically injured himself so badly that uh, he had pain for 18 months after the castration. I think he deserved that pain. I'm glad I'm not laughing at this now because I I want to get through it. And I want to get through it in in a serious tone or semi-serious tone. One member uh, found the castration uh, liberating. I mean, that's mad. But he did. He found it liberating, and it encouraged him to go up to the next level. Which is a fancy way of saying that it encouraged him to basically take phenobarbital and put a put a um, put a fucking um, hood over himself and kill himself. I wrote that I take this mass suicide event serious. In what way? Um, I don't know. I think it must be horrific to discover this uh, uh mass suicide and um it's a tragedy. Um and I and I and I will always ask myself how does anybody with intelligence how do they end up joining these cults? It's it's very um judgmental I suppose to assume that they were all they were all stupid but like their soul and their spirit and their humanity was extracted from them uh, and they were left being obedient sheep to a wolf. And that's what Applewhite was. Applewhite was a wolf. Um, So that's the end of this podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope um, that you'll tune in and and, um, keep listening to this podcast, which I guarantee you, I'll keep working on. Bye for now.